0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today, we have Mr. Colin Hewison of Futuristic Fitness. Joining us from Arthur Ontario, Canada.
2: Colin, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey Joe. I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you doing?
1: I am very well. I appreciate you asking. I'm I'm excited to get into this. And and Colin and I got the chance to jam out a little bit before starting this interview here. So I have a pretty good idea of what futuristic fitness is. But for the people listening, Colin, who don't know or aren't familiar with you, why don't you give us a, a quick background and description on what futuristic fitness is when people despair when you when people ask you what what you do what do you tell them
2: yeah so uh futuristic fitness it's just a small local gym here in a rural community of arthur ontario uh we've got a pretty good mixed uh missed mixed establishment here i mean we've got like some power uh, got a power rack, lots of cardio equipment, all different ranges of different equipment here. Um, it's only 2,000 square feet, so it's a bit of a smaller uh, facility, but I think it does well for my number of clients here, and um, it's kind of it's pretty well rounded. We have a lot of strength training equipment, a lot of cardio, and uh, yeah, it's um, we also do some. Uh, we have uh, some supplements on hand and things like that. Um, keep it pretty small right now, so. Um, I think I'd mentioned uh, earlier with you that, yeah, we are a newer facility, so mm-hmm. kind of just getting up and rocking, and uh, it's been a little bit of a tough, tight year, to a few years, so, um, but yeah. Yeah, so uh, what Colin is
1: is referring to for people listening is that where he is geographically located, Ontario had pretty rough restrictions compared to many others throughout the COVID years. Why don't you take us back? To the early idea of of opening up futuristic fitness and and kind of, kind of walk through how the timeline of all of that played out.
2: Yeah, so I was just um, I just quickly reviewed previously, Joe, that like I come from a world of trades. I, um, Worked as a butcher for four years, and then heavy equipment, and um, had came out of that with a little bit um, finishing off with some car sales experience. And I guess at near the end of that, about six months in, I had came up with the idea to um, start up a fitness facility. I know when I was in car sales, I had um, enjoyed a little bit working with uh, so like society on a sales sales kind of um, component with a sales component included and. Um, I know in the past, I had always been pretty big on fitness. I mean, uh, I think I started working out when I was around 16, 17. It's definitely pulled me out of some kind of darker times throughout my life. And I recognize the importance of being physically and mentally healthy. Um, and strong. So I mean, I guess when I was in car sales, I enjoyed the sales and society component. But I guess the car component to it, maybe wasn't necessarily my passion. So I had decided to kind of mutate that into um, more or less starting up a fitness facility, something that I'm more passionate about, something that I enjoy. And uh, it's been really good. I love the, uh, the people that you attract. So the nice thing is, um, you know, owning a gym and being a, a fitness trainer. And um, I'm surrounded with people that I think care about themselves and the people around them and they care about their well yeah. overall well-being, right? So it attracts a good crowd. Um, I'm grateful for that. And it's been a pretty good, um, a good gig so far. I mean, it's been a little bit tight and we've dealt with some, a number, (laughs) I won't say some, I'll say a number of challenges that we didn't expect out the gate. I think I had signed my lease back in February. Yeah. So I signed my lease back in February of 2020. So it was really just at the beginning (laughs) of everything. Uh, So. So I know you were already I had, committed
1: at that point too. Oh yeah.
2: Like it was the the timing. I do believe everything happens for a reason. So I don't let okay. it bother me. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a struggle, but, um, I do think that I got thrown into the mix for a number of reasons. So, um, and I can kind of get into all that too, cause it's been a little bit interesting. I've gone about things very different in comparison okay. to the gyms around me. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I know I had kind of, um, just launching the business, I had put together, you know, a shopping list, I had my different suppliers on hand, I knew all the equipment I was going to get in here and I remember I had given my notice at the car sales place there and I went to do my shopping there. I at had at a wholesale provider here in Canada called Fitness Avenue, which seemed to be the most competitive in regards to pricing and quality and I I went in there and, of course, they had told me, well, uh, most of our equipment comes from China, so things are a little bit backed up right now, but it should resolve itself in a few months, they had said. Um, it's funny because that place closed down and wasn't open for like a year and a half. Um, yeah. there were some other suppliers though, that are Canadian and American based, which I was able to source my stuff from. So there was some changes that I was able to, some tough calls that I made throughout the beginning where I, I kind of hung on for a little while waiting for my original wholesaler to get, to get their act together because they sourced from China. That just was never an option. So it became go time here uh in july so july we came out of the first provincial wide lockdown so we had gone through four uh, four provincial wide lockdowns over a two-year period and they were generally pretty long and pretty deep i mean you didn't really have any type of they pretty much restricted your rights completely and you were to be locked down in your house other than like essential services they would call it a little bit More of a unquote. silly term. Yeah, a little bit of a yeah. silly term. But I mean, so essentially you still had society that was still engaging in, you know, sales when it came to, you know, groceries. I'm in a plaza, which is quite funny. I'm in a plaza with all fast food places. So like Subway, Peter Pit, Pizza Hut, they're all here. Those places just rolled through. Just operating um, was, as normal. Yeah. yeah, operating as normal. Like they did restrict a little bit in regards to like sitting down and stuff. But I mean, there was multiple times where I had it out with the police out front and they're like telling me that, you know, I can't have anyone in my facility. Yet, like these places are packed. And I'm just like, yeah, this, you gotta, you gotta realize at some point that something isn't making sense here. So, anyways, it's been an interesting two years. And um, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've, um, we had to make some changes in regards to our wholesalers and where we got our equipment from. We worked all that by out by the end of July. So that was, that was at the end of the, um, the first provincial wide lockdown. Now it was a little bit tough at the gate too, because what happened is that ate up a lot of our, uh, some of our finances right out the gate as well, because essentially I was supposed to open April 1st, um, was my opening date. And that's when the lease actually began. So I signed in February of 2020 and the lease was to begin after construction phase, um, April. So, um, Oh, excuse me. Yeah. So there's, we had, we had
1: some money invested in this from the get go, but we were not able to recoup any of that money. for Yeah. So it's
2: been kind of, um, we've been kind of like cruising, almost like status quo. Like we haven't done that bad. Um, the problem I had was uh, leading into the second lockdown, essentially, we still really didn't have any type of financial support or any type of uh, support coming from the, uh, those who were ordering us to lock down. So essentially, at that point, it didn't become very much of an equitable or fair type of uh, situation we were in by any means. Um, I kind of, uh, I know they had some really big things hit the news here in Canada with, um, with a few barbecues where they like, you know, a few barbecue people tried to stay open and they showed up with like 200 police and just stomped the place out, oh arrested the guy, destroyed his business. So they were pretty crazy here. Like there was some very escalating situations that had gone on here in Canada, where you could almost say that, you know, some people compared to communist type of regime type of behavior. Um, now being a gym owner, a little bit of a rug rat. Like I would like to say, I moved at a pretty young age and I've, I've kind of uh, gone through some tough times in my life. So I'm a little bit, I've got a little bit of a, I guess a pretty, uh, got a, I definitely say I've got a bit of a spine. So just following the um, situation that happened with the barbecue, we had decided we would do things a little bit different here. Um, So what I did was I actually um, set forth different notices and I had issued notices of liability and I had issued them to the inspector and the actual mayor here. They were notices regarding trespass. And what I did was I kept my doors locked and I allowed all my people to still come in through secured entry. And then I essentially those notices had stated that if anyone stepped past that line, essentially my door or trespassed in any way, they would be criminally charged. So we had used that strategy essentially to, I guess, at that point, limit our jurisdiction as being a public to private, being more of a private facility. Once you do that, it's a little bit different. I, know, I mean, the cops didn't fully comprehend, I think, what I was up to, but um, it is it is different once you take those steps, because what you do is you limit your jurisdiction and no longer can they force public policies onto private property. Um, because a lot of what was being implemented, it was all being done through uh, public health. So, their public policies essentially only can it be applied onto public Sure. Um, public jurisdiction so um, we had done things a little bit different again a lot of this is still up in the air so I'm going through the courts and kind of we're going to see see how it all resolves at the end yeah. so um, but yeah it's, it's been different to look
1: back with hindsight now but like in the moment you just have to make a call
2: yeah know? and to be honest I didn't know any of this it was like kind of like I feel like it was a little bit guided in a way like You know, I, um, and I think it was good guidance. Like, I mean, if we were to shut down, I would already be so far in the hole. It would be insane, right? Like. The private thing, it still limited our finances and still limited our abilities to kind of upscale. And um, yeah. it was still extremely tight here in, in terms of finances. But at least I was able to still do something. Yeah, you got to um, do I what still, you got to
1: do at that point.
2: Yeah. And then we had a number of people here. Like, I've, I've always been able to maintain about 100. and I got about 160 clients here. So, again, it's small. Um, we were hoping to be at about... 250 at this point but again it's it's kind of we're taking what we got and i'm i am grateful for the team and the people we've got on board so um yeah it's, it's been an interesting situation but it's been it's been all right and i know uh yeah we did um near the end like i know we kind of picked up some momentum too and because obviously this was very unusual behavior during the second lockdown like i think it was one of the first gyms to take an approach like this here in canada um but that didn't like i was soon to be uh one of many you know the third lockdown and the fourth lockdown more and more people were saying enough is enough and that's kind of what occurred here in canada is the the police they tried to put forth all of these very uh very strict regulations but eventually the canadians just said enough is enough and um they had tried these type of scare tactics at the beginning like they you know publicized that barbecue event that I had spoken about earlier and then they had done a number of things to really kind of uh scare people from opening up their facilities but I guess that only lasted so long and then the fourth lockdown that had occurred uh that was pretty much critical mass here in Canada like that's when you had the whole trucker convoy that people are and I I know I showed up for that and I had done it I was actually kind of one of the uh I, I wouldn't say, I was one of kind of the lead guys down here in um, Canada that kind of uh, stood up and spoke for freedom. And I had done a number of speeches um, and uh, all kinds of things. So it was pretty eventful. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you got, you got to a point where it, it did reach critical mass and the people just decided that this no longer makes sense and we're not going to um, accept this any longer and then you had that um whole whole event that happened in Ottawa with the trucker convoy that's a very well known, I think, mm-hmm. on a global scale. So it was a pretty crazy event. Like I know I went down there for multiple weekends. Um, and it was it was insane. Like you would look through the street and it was just like jam-packed full of people, right? It's the entire uh the entire uh like I remember taking videos is like hundreds of thousands of people had taken the capital and it was pretty interesting so um so yeah since then we've just been kind of working on some legal things trying to kind of uh kind of clear the slate here on our end and um yeah hopefully it's beneficial as once we finish up with it so
1: and so hopefully all of that's in the rear view at this point i think everybody that listens to this podcast is happy to put that in the past and, and yeah move yeah on yeah. And, and operate yeah and
2: i think some i think for most people it is in the rear view like i know um you know us moving like being a business owner it's kind of stunted our growth so we're at this point in stage where we're kind of figuring out how to essentially recover and and recoup yeah. from it um i know when i first started this gym I was very much I knew that um anytime you start a gym looking for different sources of revenue is key so I mean like having um some large uh you know, some, uh, some d- different finances to throw at, you know, supplements and clothing and things like that. Um, some gyms even do kind of some shakes or, you know, there's different, yeah. different, uh, streams of revenue. So, I mean, that kind of, we've kind of been, it's kind of stunted our growth here in terms of being able to up and go, kind of get moving. Um, so yeah, we're still kind of trying to play with the idea of how to, how to come about and kind of, um, uh, kind of recover from it all so um, and yeah I think right now like I know just being the, the role that I played essentially I still have a lot of things on the table to kind of finish up before we can really get cruising here but um, for the most part we're kind of just sitting status quo and kind of keeping things a little bit chill until we've uh, rectified all of those type of uh, those um, situ- the situation let me ask you this
1: Colin, because so many people tune into this podcast with a similar sentiment. We anticipated being a little bit further along. COVID and everything that was brought along with that stunted a lot of the growth plans that we had. And so now, as you look forward, what ideas have you kicked around to be able to capture some of that growth? And, And I guess specifically... From a marketing standpoint what ideas or or what strategies have you looked at just to to get some new members and clients through the door
2: yeah so for sure um i can go over a little bit of that like i know so one thing we do right now is supplements but essentially we haven't really like i source out my supplements from a source that is i mean decently priced um but one thing i have uh, i do have in play right now is i've talked to some partners where they're actually willing to partner um, and then give um like provide a fairly um fairly significant um uh price break as a, on a wholesale level so one partner i was speaking to was biosteel which is um very like pro health um they don't have very like very much like uh i would say artificial additives and stuff like they're very much well known uh, here in canada anyways from for being a very like very pro-health, natural, um, like their, so just to give you an idea, BioSteel Hydration um, is essentially replacing Gatorade within the stores right now, Um, Mm -hmm. so their hydration mix doesn't have any sugar, it's essentially um it is essential amino it's based on essential amino acids and then it's um very much uh has no like artificial um additives and it's um zero sugar so they're kind of more of a um like a pro health and um replacing a lot of the big names here in the area so i know i've spoke to them and it's in the mix here becoming a partner with them once we um once we get rolling um I know there's some other uh, software providers as well. I mean, right now, I don't know if I am necessarily big, big enough. If I were to expand into a second or third unit, I think they would come in handy. Um, Right now we use a lot of our, just our tools that we have available here to do our managing. So, I mean, I've got my security um, that takes care of my database in regards to like all my clients. So yeah. Because I have a database that essentially stores all my data regarding each personal individual's um, uh, information when they sign in and out. I mean, that takes care of a lot of the database component. And then essentially we use the, uh, my Squarespace platform, the same platform I use to design my website um, that also provides some, uh, some um, opportunity to do like subscription bases and stuff like that. So that's kind of, we kind of run half and half. Some people don't like, and I like to give people kind of the options. So, some people have gotten stuck into some, some some sticky contracts in the past, and have made me kind of aware that some gyms kind of some gyms do like to stick, especially the big box gyms. Sometimes they'll get you stuck in some bigger contracts, Six and month, then nine months, it,
1: twelve months, yeah, yep. and it
2: will rub people the wrong way. I think some people will sign up for like a ten dollars a mm-hmm. month and not realize they're signing a contract for like a year or two. Um, or it will be like completely renewed without them knowing. And so we kind of stay away from that. I do offer like a subscription platform through my online platform if they want to go that route. And then I also do like just a one-time payment here at my debit machine as well. If they want to stay away from the subscription, even the subscriptions that we do, they're like cancel anytime approach. So what I do is I, it's like three month platform, six months or a year. But what you do is you pay up front, right? So it's, you pay up front for three months, you pay up front for six months, you pay up front for a year. It doesn't bind, you do a contract. And then essentially um, what you do, what you do, if you, don't, if you don't unsubscribe at the end of your three months, like say you've paid for three months, okay I'm happy I want to stick with this gym it will just automatically renew but you have the option you have the option to cancel anytime so it's kind of nice it gives people that freedom and I find that it keeps things fairly respectable as well um and then yeah people
1: appreciate that yeah
0: yeah yeah, yes for sure
2: and uh I know it's been I've been looking into I think this would take some pretty big capital but I do know that I'm, I'm thinking within the, in the future role that maybe getting like, so I, I find people quite often um, where like, if I was selling athletic watches here to read heart rates, if I had like uh, proper lifting shoes here, like some rider wear or whatever the, the case may be, I mean, I could sell a lot of that product along the way. Cause I find all the time, you know, people in need of that type of stuff. So, I think one of our larger leaps here in the future um, before we start to expand into different facilities, will be partnering with different, um, uh, uh, partnering with different companies as well that can provide the, um, the, uh, the clothing. Uh, like yeah. we, right now we have some, we have some, uh, just some stuff that we've kind of worked on ourselves that will be available to our customers, but it's very small scale. Like I've worked on a little bit of shirts and stuff like that here and there, but it's nothing. Um, we do, I think in the future it will be beneficial to partner with some bigger companies and kind of have that always here and making those sales along with the supplements and. Um, yeah, I know I've gone through some different phases where I've looked at some trainers right now. I, I kind of take along, I take on most of it myself. The problem I found is I'm very much strength training oriented. And, and, um, that's kind of my background. Like I, very much strength related and that's uh that's what I specialize in it's unfortunate because every time we've kind of looked around for some trainers it's someone that comes in with a very similar background to what I have to offer so um I think right now if I had a girl you know present herself that is very good with like yoga and taking care of that side of things we would probably take one on but it is a small community so I mean the growth has been fairly small just waiting for the right people to kind of come around is definitely key. Um, so yeah, we're kind of just cruising at this point. Those are the things we kind of have on the table here. Once we uh, finish some of the uh, the bigger things we got, we have to deal with. And um, yeah, we're hoping it all works out. So it's been pretty fun up until now. I'd have to say, like the like yeah, I was despite saying, despite all
1: of these challenges, you're still here and you're still fighting, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let me,
1: let's, let's explore this because we've, we've gone pretty in depth in the past and how you got started and leading up to now. And you explained a little bit about how things operate currently, as you look forward with all of this, you earlier mentioned, thought we would be closer to 250 or 300 members. What do you envision as, as the future of futuristic fitness? Where do you want to see this whole thing as time goes on?
2: Well, to be honest, um, when I first opened, I know I played around with the idea. I know that being profitable, I mean, owning your own facility is key. Um, right now, I mean, we just lease. So a huge percentage of what we take in on an, on a monthly basis goes to someone else's investment, essentially, right? So I know that um, once we upscale here and we get a good platform and we've really kind of worked out some of our... Um, you know, worked out all the kind of the issues, and we've got a good understanding of how to keep things rolling. Um, Once we've made those partnerships, and we've upscaled with everything I had spoken about before, I think it's number one, our goal would be to try to own somewhere. Um, Now, don't get me wrong, like, keeping this place as a leased unit, and then maybe trying to uh, purchase a facility yeah. in the general area like within so i'll give you a little bit of background here in canada as well and like how the fitness industry is com- is currently rolling so um i know when i first opened this business um very hard to find any type of small even rural community that doesn't have a gym so like where i live palmerston 2000 people it has a gym Uh, Mount Forest, maybe a few thousand more people in terms of population, it has a fitness facility. Almost every small town has a fitness facility. So I guess the trick is trying to find the right demograph where it doesn't have a fitness facility being offered. There's a few places that are somewhat close that are on my crosshair here in the future. But then the trick is also finding the right facility, right? Because you don't want to overshoot, right? You don't want to have this great big facility, you know, whether it's you know ten thousand square feet or twenty thousand square feet, and then you only have about a hundred clients, right? Like so, so you got a no shortage of fail
1: stories in our industry when people have done that. That's for sure. yeah.
2: So I know with my facility, like yes, it is only two thousand square feet, but. I'm only really looking for about 300 clients as a cap, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of what's obtainable for me. This is a very small community I live in a, but, um, B, there is a little bit of, um, outsourcing I can do to the other communities. Like I would say probably two thirds of my people here come local. And then another one third, I even have probably about, I would say an average of 30 people who have, gyms in their town but come here instead so i mean there is opportunity to kind of um to reach out to some other communities and kind of um scale up in that regard but i still think that i'm pretty much capped at about 300 i don't think i'm getting a many any more than that even once we we figure out all our upscaling uh, strategies so um i mean i think i would be happy with about three facilities just three small facilities and just kind of roll a roll like that um, that's kind of more long-term i think goals that i have in mind uh so we'll see how it all rolls out man like uh i know yeah uh it'll be um, a work in progress so um nope. we b- believe very the fun of entrepreneurship right? yeah 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 for sure and it, it's fun it's i i love the uh the one thing that I'm the most grateful for is the the type of people that you attract when you're in a fitness, um, a fitness realm. Right. So, you know, I've gone through some jobs in the past where, you know, you get mixed up with people that you just don't get along with and certain things like that. And I know in terms of the people I attract, I think, I think you're, you're getting the cream of the crop in terms of the, the society and the, the people you're attracting. So um, it's been fun in that regard for sure. Absolutely. Well,
1: Colin, that is a pretty good place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. But I want to save a minute here for you to, to tell people where they could learn more about this. Is there a website? Is there social media? How can people find Futuristic Fitness?
2: Yeah, for sure. So like you can um you can find our website at futuristicfitness.ca. Um that will give you a good kind of overview, lots of good images there of our facility and kind of our um our uh, different pay structures and and kind of how we run things so you can get a good idea on that website uh right now we don't offer too much on a wireless basis i mean unless you're from uh, around the area i don't know if that'll benefit y'all too much but you guys you guys can have definitely take a peek i know e-commerce is definitely a uh a, a, a place to expand in in the near future so we do have some ideas uh, in that regard now i'm not the most uh tech savvy i guess you could say so <laughs> that's kind of gone <laughs> on the box right in just in a space. little bit but yeah. again uh if someone comes along that wants to take on that beast uh, all the power to them so um one day down the road at least yeah 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 i'm sure I'll, you know the right things will uh the stars will align so um but yeah the the technical stuff i'm not big on i'm very much uh in person, upfront type of guy. So that's how we run things right now, and I'm I'm happy with it. You know, it could be uh could be better, could be worse, but we're grateful for what we've got. So, um yeah. So take a take a peek at us, futuristicfitness.ca, um and then my uh my also like a Google business. I think you can just Google us, and a lot of information will come up. Um, And I've always got my number there on hand for anyone who wants to chat. I think anyone too, that's dealt with similar struggles throughout. I mean, if you're Canadian based and you've dealt with similar struggles that we expressed off the beginning, I know I've helped a lot of people in the past and different, uh, I'm pretty specific to who I'm willing to help out at this point, because it is time consuming. But if you're an entrepreneur and you have a fitness facility, give me a shout and I can kind of uh, help you out that way too. So.
1: Absolutely. Colin, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate your openness and, and your willingness to share on all of these things. I'm excited to see what the future holds for it as well. So uh, I appreciate your time today and I wish you nothing but the best. my
2: man. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on the show too, Joe. <laughs> Cheers, man.
1: Absolutely. everyone who tuned in. Thank you as well. Don't forget if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out.
0: You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
3: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Wars Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily. And joining us on the show is Sam from Ironbird Fit out of California. What's going on, Sam? How are you doing today?
4: I am better than ever. How are you?
3: I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. Now, before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on and how you run Ironbird Fit, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place.
4: Um, How I describe my business to people, Ironbird Fit is a gym that focuses on lifestyle change. Um, We're that gym that you go to when you've tried every other gym and you just want results. So that's how I describe Ironbird Fit. We have a process that's founded in science and we couple that with some mindset rules that I came up with.
3: Okay. Okay. Okay, so tell me, um, how, what were you doing before you started your gym?
4: Uh, I was a trained, I was a, I managed a training department for a corporate gym. So that was, that was before I, or no, actually, before I started my gym, I was an independent mm-hmm. trainer.
3: Okay, okay. Yeah,
4: fully independent trainer before I started my gym.
3: Yeah, so you still had some experience like as an entrepreneur
4: oh yeah I had been an independent trainer probably for about five years since 2000 I went from uh from like 15 2015 to 2020 Mm -hmm. I was independent trainer
3: so okay so I'm sure some of those uh skills and some of the things that you learned have definitely transferred into like the way that you run your brick and mortar
4: Oh, for sure. Um, I would say the main thing that 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 experience from being an independent trainer for so long helped me with was coaching. As a business owner, the business side is the most difficult side, so you do not want to have to think about coaching. So literally, I can train people in my sleep.
3: (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I feel you. I respect that. So let's kind of dive into talking about like the the business side of things, um, yeah. because you know as I said earlier, there's no gym or university out there, or you know bachelor, what'd you say? Light bulb. <laughs> right. So I mean, for you, that would have been some of the most challenging aspects of business ownership. And give us an example of how you have worked to overcome those obstacles in that and current situation, maybe.
4: Oh, simple answer, trial and error. So I've, you know, I'm just one of those people. I do follow the path, you know, because I do have a lot of mentors. My mentors help me so much, but there's only so much that they can do. And literally you just have to try things like, okay, does this work? No. Okay. Maybe like this. Okay, like this, like this, like this, like this. And then you start refining your process.
3: Gotcha. Okay, so give us some specifics. And let me make the question more specific. So let's talk a little bit about marketing and you know how you guys have been able to get people through the door. What worked well for marketing? And then on the flip side of that, what's well, something that hasn't worked so well
4: for you? Um, For me... Because I didn't know too much about marketing going into gym ownership,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and I'm very comfortable with Instagram. Uh, we started during the pandemic, so during the pandemic, like we had to start hopping onto the camera and start talking and like doing workouts and things like that. And so it was something that it was super uncomfortable for me, but I started getting comfortable doing it during COVID, and so. I do a lot of things I do a lot of marketing through Instagram and so which is the most inefficient way to market I found <laughs> because your that marketing is outbound and so f- literally for you to attract members your marketing has to be highly like attractive if mm-hmm. that makes any sense whereas it's a lot easier to drive members into your gym when they're already looking to go to the gym on Instagram everyone's not looking to go to the gym so if you're you know putting a lot of marketing out and it's not super targeted like it's like maybe you'll hit one person who's thinking about the gym motivate them and they'll reach out to you that makes sense
3: that makes sense to me so explain to us what you mean by like outbound
4: Outbound meaning my message is starting from me. The yeah, it's starting from me and right. I am putting the message out into the right. universe.
3: So, so like in, a cold message.
4: A cold message. And so okay. yeah, would need to look at it and be like, oh, this interests me. Click. Mm-hmm. And, you know?
3: Yeah. So okay. So did you guys take a look at to? into any paid advertisements so that you could target your specific audience more.
4: You know what? When I started as a gym owner, I had literally no working capital. Mm-hmm. So there was nobody I could pay to do any of my things. So I just had to try stuff and figure it out. Yeah. And so I would just create videos because I'm like, I didn't know I was creative. I was just messing around creating videos And I would just boost them through Instagram. And luckily people would respond. And that's how I got a lot of people into my gym during COVID was through Instagram ads that I created from videos that I made.
3: Yeah. So walk us through what that process looks like. So let's say that I see one of your posts on social media. Uh I'm engaging with you. Like, how would you turn me into a client?
4: Um, How would I turn you into a client? So I would create the video boost it. Um, somehow there would be some type of engagement or yeah. a lot of time there's a call to action on the like, Hey, book now book a book, a complimentary session. So a lot of my paid ads include a complimentary session. They click for the complimentary session. Um, I use a app called Vagaro Vagaro. I'll enter their information and Vegaro sends them out the PARQ, the health history questionnaire. And mm-hmm. so I'm armed with their information when they come in for the orientation. And now when they sit down with me for the orientation, that's the other thing that I got from working at a corporate gym. Like I'm an orientation master. <laughs> if I don't say so, you know what I mean? I got to be feel confident. That's how you got to be in sales. You know what I mean? I so, love
3: it. I love it.
4: But I like, I literally have mastered the orientation process. So if anyone sits down in front of me, my closing rate is like 80, 90%. You know what I mean?
3: Okay. Yeah. That's high. So all you need is to sit down in front of you and 80% of the time, 89% of the time, they will end up becoming a member. Right. Is that what you're saying?
4: Yes. So like, I've literally like, if I have one person come in, that one person signs up, if two people come in, two people sign up, like it's rare, like, because the way that I do it, I don't try to sell you. Mm -hmm. I literally just try to help you. So like, I go through the session and really try to help you. And a lot of times a person will be like, damn, like I needed that. Yeah, And there will be something that they will Knowing that they need it, there will be something that we can figure out, th- if that makes sense.
3: So are you offering, what's your offer when they come in? Are you offering like a free trial or consultation? What does that look like?
4: So I give them a complimentary session, which includes a health and history questionnaire. Okay. To fill out as far as well as an, an in-body test. So I have an in-body machine and... We go over their body fat, their BMI, their health info, you know, and um, I go over their whys, you know, wh- what makes, why is this so important to you, you know, and really connect with them, engage with them during the orientation process. Afterwards, I put them through a light session,
3: mm-hmm.
4: kind of see where they're at physically. And then from there, and then just to, so they know, cause a lot of times people will want to do it, but then they'll feel the workout and they'll be like, I do not want to do this. You know what I'm saying? But I'll put them through the workout and I always, you know, try to make it challenging enough for it to be challenging, but not too challenging to where they're like, this is too much. Yeah. And then when they come back, they feel empowered as a foe. you know what I mean? And then yeah. we figure out what works best for them. So either they'll pick a private training
3: mm-hmm. semi-private,
4: or they'll jump into our team training, which is our group training.
3: So you make the sessions challenging, but doable so that they feel like they're capable of doing that.
4: Exactly. And that's the key. Like, I think that the more empowerment happens, um, the more they are willing members, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah. So during that session, are you closing them on the spot before they walk out of the door?
4: Oh, yeah, that's a rule in in, in gyms. Be backs don't come back. What? Be backs when the, a person says, I'll be back. Oh, <laughs> nine times out of ten, they will not come back.
3: Yeah, that's
4: yep. right then and there, every time.
3: Yeah. So, what is the most common objection that you get?
4: I really don't get objections, but I will say that if I ever do, it will literally be because. A person never planned on signing up. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to get more information through the orientation session. Mm-hmm. That will be one. Or there are certain people who, no matter what, will always take the time to think about it and will never sign up at that moment. And they're rare, but they are the, out there, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah.
3: yeah, so for those few people that walk away, yes. what is your nurture process and even leading up to when somebody does show up to for the consultation Uh what is like because sometimes you know maybe there'll be like a few days in between the consult or whatever like what processes do you have in place to continue to nurture that person so that they actually show up and even for the people who leave right that doesn't mean that they won't ever come back and join
4: so this is the rule when it comes to stuff like that like because right now I'm trying to, I'm working on getting this, these systems automated. So the day of, I mean, a couple of days before you always want to book for that week. So whenever you reach them, like whether online, in person, however, you book for that week mm-hmm. at the soonest day or the, you know what I mean? Then from there, you want to send a reminder text, call and reminder text, like the night before for sure the day be- or the day before, not the night before, but the day before. And just like, Hey, you know, uh, this is Sam from Ironbird fit. Just want to let you remind you of your session. Don't forget to bring a towel and bottle of water.
3: Right.
4: You know, and it's not a message that requires a response. And a lot of times people will just send the thumbs up, you know,
3: yeah.
1: yeah.
4: And- yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But if you don't do that, then it's going to be hit or miss that they come in. Mm-hmm. But if you do do that, they'll either let you know, oh, thank you. Or they'll let you know like, hey, can I reschedule? And then you, you reschedule. On the flip side of that, when someone walks away and doesn't sign up, what I'll do, I'll book another session with them, a- another complimentary. So I'll just be like, oh, no, no worries, you know you need to think about it, whatever, like, take some time think about it. What day would you like to come in for another one? And I'll give them another complimentary session. Mm-hmm. Because, and that has worked. There are times where a person walks away yet still buys because you go into this session, really giving value, like really educating and helping them. And so, because it's never really seems very salesy they want of course they want to come back and do another workout, (laughs) you know?
3: Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to pricing, how did Um, you, well, let me ask you this. Do you feel like you're charging what you're worth?
4: Now I am when I first started, I was definitely not. And, um, it is list. It's something that caused me to struggle as an owner. Or, yeah, as, as a gym, because we weren't bringing in enough to, like, keep things going, especially when you're working without working capital. If your prices are low, now it's just a vicious cycle. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at what point did you realize that you were not charging enough? Was it when, like, you weren't making enough money?
4: Uh, well, to be completely honest, it's when like I'm getting eviction notices from my land. Yeah. Right. And so just like, okay, what is the issue? And so I'm looking around, looking around. Oh, I charge way too little for all the services I provide when every gym out here is not providing any of these services and still charging more. (laughs) Right. So that was what I had to figure out. And so now I position myself as a, we are not the cheapest gym. And we're fine with not being the cheapest gym, but we are the most impactful. We are one of the most impactful gyms you will ever go to because we will make an impact on your life.
3: Very well said. So let's talk a little bit about the goals that you have for Ironbird Fit over the next 365 days. Um, how would you like to see your business grow?
4: Number one is to uh, solidify the back end of the business, the processes that support Um, the business so like marketing function bookkeeping uh, HR uh, admin you know with a virtual assistant Um, those things are critical because as a gym owner you want to try to automate as many processes as possible on the back end. Um, On the front end I really focus on finding coaches that have a passion who are already certified and go getters. And so now all they need to, they just need to be guided. And from there, I want to nurture them into gym owners as well, because my gym is like you said, a micro gym, private studio, uh, We're able to run at about a capacity of 150, 150 members. So it doesn't require a lot of staffing. And so, yeah, like, because I've kind of like perfected the process of this model, I don't want to grow into a bigger model. I'd like to just continue creating more models like my own. So my goal is to have three of these open within the next 365.
3: Beautiful. All right, Sam. Well, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you.
4: They can find me on Instagram at ironbirdfit.com. I mean, at ironbirdfit. I'm sorry, but ironbirdfit.com is the website. Yeah. It, it just went by super fast. Like, that's crazy.
3: It was a good conversation. It's been about 20 minutes. I agree with you. It went by really fast.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. But you know, we we definitely appreciate you for being here and you know adding value to our listeners today. Also, to the people out there listening, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. You know, and, and as that, always,
4: I'm what sorry. That? That was what I wanted to put out there is yeah. that I am creating a coaching program that will be available soon. And because I know that that is a thing, like after you get your cert, you're lost. And as a business owner, you're lost. So I have a program coming out soon that will help.
3: All righty. Thank you, Sherman. Um, Well, Jim uh, as always, until next time,
0: Jim Lords out. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
4: Use coupon code Lords on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Mr. Tyler Smith of Anytime Fitness coming to us from Nevada, Iowa. Tyler, what's going on, sir? How are you today?
5: I'm doing well. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing very, very well. I appreciate you asking. I'm I'm particularly excited to get into this. I enjoy Anytime Fitness as a brand and as a model. And I think the artistic license that you have as an owner is rare in a, in a franchise compared to other options within the fitness space. But I don't want to steal your thunder, Tyler. I don't think we need to do too much work explaining what Anytime Fitness is, but what I do want to hear about is how you became involved in your journey with the brand. And so, take us to the day that the idea started swimming around in your head. I think I could own one of these things. What was going on for you?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I took uh, took ownership of my gym uh, kind of pre-slash post-COVID and um, mid twenty one um so it's kind of an interesting time as it was uh i had been working at an anytime for the previous two and a half years or so um graduated from iowa state in kinesiology and health worked at an anytime in des Moines for that two and a half years um once the pandemic hit some things changed um, um i was actually approached by the person i was working for at the time um if i was interested in purchasing one um it had occurred to me and i definitely had um The idea of just kind of expanding uh, my horizons into ownership into the business realm um but yeah that uh i guess him approaching me really uh um is what sparked all of it and kind of started the process so
1: yeah and so presented with the idea of buying a gym it had crossed your mind to maybe entertain that at some point but obviously an opportunity that you didn't turn down. And and that was roughly a year and a half, almost two years ago. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Yep. Tell me, because it's it's fascinating when you can take over an existing gym. Usually gyms that are wildly successful aren't getting sold. And so talk to us a little about your experience coming into an existing business and, and how you were able to navigate those waters.
5: Sure. Um, yeah. So it was kind of an interesting situation. Like I said, I was uh, working for this guy, um, a great mentor to me as well. Um, got to learn a lot from him. Um, basically after COVID uh, or uh, the pandemic, um, he had sold the gym I was uh, working at and he was just ready to kind of invest in some different things, get into different um, facets of life. So uh, he had sold that. Um, and, uh, he gave this opportunity to me, uh, first as like, um, it's kind of a cool situation. Actually, he hired me as the fitness director there, um, with the option of a time frame to buy it. So, um, it was almost kind of like living in a house before I bought it to see, you know, maybe yeah, it's you the just right drive way. the car, right. It was great. Um, so yeah, it was actually a great deal for me and, and it worked out for him. Cause, uh, um he had a few gyms at the time he was spread thin needs someone to kind of have some TLC so um yeah once I I worked there about nine months before I was pretty comfortable with where I was going and um I got you know a good relationship with the members there so um yeah it was an existing franchise but I did get to uh kind of get my hands in it a little bit before that
1: yeah so you weren't showing up day one cutting and slashing policies and changing things all over the place you had you had at least had some face time before you had gotten into it tell me kind of the biggest difference in your mind between when you were on the employee side of things and now as an owner
5: yeah I mean it was uh it's very cool because you know as an employee you seem to have a lot of ideas a lot of opinions about how things should be worked and uh should be ran um and now it's on the other side where I actually get to, you know, implement those things. Um, and I get to see that, you know, uh, the reality of some situations and then also um, the benefit and um, awesome part of some of the things that um, are working, you know, my ideas, some of my ideas did work. Um, so it's definitely, uh, definitely have to step back from the day to day in the um, you know, in the gym, working with people to, to pay attention to the business side of it as well. Um, so, compartmentalizing was a you know big a big thing to kind of uh learn you know as I'm like sure here so
1: I'm, I'm sure there will be more lessons to learn along the way you bet in the the time as an owner so far just sort of reminisce and and think about what's been your favorite part about running your own gym and what's been the hardest most challenging part about running your own gym
5: sure um those two things are probably the same exact thing that's uh the freedom so um you know it's nice uh, making my own hours, things like that. You know if, if the gym does well, I can hire staff to you know make my job less. But it's also the freedom that you have to you have to wake up and structure your own day and make sure you know you are being productive um, when there's not someone hanging over you telling you you know this that. Um, it's easy to um, you know things go ebbs and flows. Sometimes you're very very productive, and then sometimes it's just hard to kind of create your own schedule and uh, remain on top of it. So. Um, and that's a personal thing for myself as well. So I would say, yeah, just the freedom of it is both the best and the worst thing there yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> there's a
1: there's a certain level of accountability when you're the one writing the checks at the end of the day, and you right. have to make sure that there's the finances there to do so. Yeah. Now uh, I want to hear what's been what's been successful and maybe what hasn't been when it comes to growing the club. I assume that that membership was one of the first things that you looked at when you took over from a, from a marketing standpoint, where have you found success to get some people through and what would you not recommend
5: people do? Sure. Um, it's going to come down a lot, you know, know your demographics. So it was nice that I was able to sit in that gym and meet my uh, demographic and, uh, learn about Nevada as a town. Um, Nevada is just, uh, just east of Ames where Iowa State is about 10 miles. So, um, it's kind of building off Ames and it's a town about 7,000 people. So, Um, not a huge, huge demographic, um, and that kind of gym, uh, being owner, uh, owner occupied owner ran is, was very beneficial, you know, just a little bit more consistency in the club. Um, the guy I bought it from, he just, again, he had a lot going on at the time. So consistency wasn't happening and things were slipping and definitely during COVID when consistency needed to happen, um, So just naturally, just being there and creating a staff, uh, doubling the staffed hours we were there uh, helps tremendously. And um, and then in a smaller town, just fresh ideas, fresh energy um, kind of spoke for itself and word gets around well, but uh, um, that's great. Um, at the beginning, I try to do a lot of the Facebook marketing myself, things like that, which I failed spectacular uh, on. I just, and <laughs> I'm, I'm like the only, you know, 26 year old that sucks at facebook but uh yeah not well um so i think it's i mean it's uh, you're you're certainly not the first person to tell me that
1: that it hasn't gone well for them Um, Uh, but i i I bring it back to when i talk about these things at least social media marketing in general whatever platform of choice and it's it's a skill at -hmm. the end of the day and if you don't have a ton of practice doing it Of course you're not going to be good at it. You know, we wouldn't have a client come in on day one and doing a barbell snatch overhead. It's just an advanced thing, you know, maybe with some practice and some learning, we could produce a better result. Absolutely. how did that, how did that evolve for you? What, so Facebook didn't quite work out when you were running it. Did you change or attempt to have somebody else help?
5: I did, uh, yeah, I did hire a, uh, kind of marketing, uh, consulting. It was, uh, um, a gym, yeah, a gym, uh, marketing company, which yeah, they ran our ads. We had Facebook spend and, um, uh, kind of, they nurtured our leads, things like that. Um, which helped tremendously. Like the last, uh, end of last summer, we had a huge push and then, um, turned the, and it was a six week challenge ad as well. So we did do six week challenges, um, And then we turned it on again at the beginning of this year um which we didn't get a ton of challengers but we had a lot of people still coming in so I think just you know being on people's feeds and on social media is huge um what I found was when I was doing it myself I one wasn't spending enough money and then two wasn't uh tuning in the demographics right you know those guys are like wizards on the back end of that stuff there's so, a lot that goes into yeah, it yeah, yeah. No, it's uh above my my pay grade but. the the
1: old adage in small business is that we can't afford to market and we can't afford to not market and yeah, exactly. for anytime fitness at least as a brand corporate they help you out anytime fitness is pretty much a well-known household mm-hmm. name at mm-hmm. this point but there inevitably are still people that need that extra little push right you know and so getting into their feed on social media getting in front of where the eyeballs are right and makes such a huge difference how do you think that'll look for you as time goes on here what do you think your your marketing and advertising strategy will evolve to be in the future
5: yeah so um so this year it was kind of a, a goal of mine to figure out different, you know, ways. I think I've hit Facebook, Instagram, that pretty hard, you know, there is just a huge population that's not using those apps. Um, so things like just, you know, it's a small town. So I went to the local bowling alley and sponsored uh, almost all their sweep lane sweeps. And um, it's kind of nice. We're in a, we're the last existing co-op for anytime fitness. So the 18 greater Des Moines clubs are in this like co-op where we get together and we actually spend uh radio money for radio ads so um just subliminally you know it's just on the background everywhere you know yeah. these radio just you know at the lane sweeps i'm probably gonna do um maybe a billboard in town just really subliminal stuff where you know it's just keeps hitting their mind and i do really think there's there's that power there whether you know people think so or not no i, I think
1: everything works it's just to what degree does it work right the the recent trend to the digital marketing side of things mainly in my opinion at least is just because of the measurability of it I can see how many people clicked I can see how many people saw it not so much the case with radio or billboards or print or Mm -hmm. whatever the the medium but all of that matters you know in the old research where we have to get six to 10 touch points before somebody's willing to buy right If i'm seeing the the blue af in a right. bunch of different places that's going to come to mind when i decide oh i should go get a gym membership or i want to switch gyms or whatever it is everything works it's just to what level how I think, much yeah. yeah
5: it's a tier yeah
1: yeah and so <laughs> when they come through the doors did they come because they saw the billboard? Did they come because they were bowling? I don't know. What matters at the end of the day is that they come.
5: A lot of times they don't know. It's just like, oh, you know, I just, you know, I just heard of this somewhere. And, you know, it could have been, they probably heard it 10 times on the radio, three times past yeah. the billboard. And it's just, you know, it's, they don't even know sometimes, you know? Yeah. So play that scenario out for me,
1: Tyler. Somebody shows up interested in joining the gym or working with you in some capacity Walk me through the checkpoints of what happens to turn that person from interested party to paying client.
5: Absolutely. So, um, you know, point of sale memberships are great. Um, point of sale fitness consultation signs up are great. So, you know, getting someone in the doors, uh, comfortable with the space, you know, definitely give them mature. Um, we've got a yeah great open space, um, 6,000 square feet, which is a little bigger for any time. Um, and definitely uh, the biggest, most dominant, you know, space in the, in the city of Nevada. So, um, you know, besides the fact that it's just, it's more of a no brainer. Yeah. As far as just like in that space, um, you know, get them comfortable, get them signed up, but then the uh, fitness consultation or FC as I call it is crucial. You know, if if there's someone new to the gym, it's a couple sessions to get them comfortable. You know, we do more education for a session where I'd show them different parts of the gym and then The second one is more of how to structure a workout, you know, based on their goals. And that's my chance to maybe sell some personal training. Um, So I'm, I'm the only personal trainer right now, just the one-on-one trainers at the gym. Um, We'll be getting another trainer soon, but uh, so I mainly do the one-on-ones in the mornings. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, no matter what though, we make sure we get them that consultation to, you know, protect their longevity in the gym, make sure, you know, what they're doing, they're doing it correctly. And, um, you know to make that touch too as far as getting to know someone and creating rapport there so
1: is the focus as you move forward with all of this more building up the membership to a sustainable level is the focus more on those add-on type pt group training nutrition whatever other services is the focus on something that we didn't even talk about yet where are you where do you think has has the biggest room for growth here for you guys
5: sure um as far as the gym goes uh you know everyone including anytime fitness would tell me to focus on training you know getting the training remits higher um group training and personal training um that does come with some more headaches of uh staffing more and uh more issues just within staff um which you know doesn't have to be the case but um as someone that's uh not excited about that part of work. I really actually do like being in the gym, helping people one-on-one on the floor. Like not sure I really want to take care of staff and listen to their issues. So, um, there's a little bit more part, a little part of me that, you know, wants to focus on membership and let, you know, that remit just continue on and, uh, and then, um, you know, keep low, low tight squad to run the gym. Um, yeah. and then just diversify, make sure it's a nice, clean gym always, but um, I'm a business guy too so um, you know looking into more stuff uh, I started in real estate that's how I was able to to purchase the gym at, at 25 so um, yeah get back into some of that stuff so yeah I um, think
1: fitness has this this interesting ego challenge where we think bigger and more and it's all better but I, COVID. Really showed that that may not be the case. You know, keeping things as you describe lean, maybe not delegating every single task in the business out to somebody else. Keep what's in your wheelhouse and and do it to the best of your ability. But we don't need ten thousand members in a fifteen thousand square foot facility and twenty five staff on. You know, We we can generate a pretty decent return with a lot less right done well you yes. know and correct there's this there's this unspoken element in fitness at least to where for a gym owner having less members means less declined cards less headaches less angry phone calls less angry emails you know there's
5: getting yeah quality members is actually a thing you know yes. in the long run maybe it's not going to be the quick you know quick money here and there but it's like yeah, getting people that are going to stick around that, you know, don't have those payment issues that, um, you know, see your service for the quality it is, you know, that's, that's really going to give you the long-term success um, yep. is what I've seen, you know, although, although, you know, it's, it's demographic by demographic. I just, I just see and know this is going to work for mine. So. Yep. Um, yeah.
1: It's market matters in, in all of these things, demographics and location matter. one one big question for you here tyler because it's so recent in memory Mm -hmm. for somebody looking to to get into the industry either starting a gym or buying an existing gym what what do you think would be the best guidance or the best advice that you could provide to somebody looking to step
5: into that role um so yes like the the tough truth of things is, is like, you could be ready in every single aspect of everything, but, um, you know, money talks money, you know, money gets you there. Money gets you that loan that gets you your gym or whatever else. So, um, you know, coming out of kinesiology, um, degree at Iowa state in 2018, uh, got into training, uh, loved it to death. Like that's just, that's my bread and butter. What I want to do forever. It just won't get you necessarily rich. You know, if you're training in a gym, you know, not, um, doing worldwide online training, things like that. Um, so diversifying, looking into other aspects. And and that does, I kind of uh, accidentally did it in the perfect way. I I bought a duplex and, you know, renovated it and had tenants where I could learn a little bit about money management, a little bit about business, how to deal with that, deal with people. Um, and then, you know, uh, luck hit opportunity during the pandemic where housing went nuts. I was able to, sell the duplex and buy the gym which was just where the money came from but um, you know it's just you have to create your opportunities to strike the luck so um, diversifying and and getting ready for the role that you're ready to play you know was huge. um, I think that's
1: that's really really well said. Tyler we're running a little shy on time here but I wanted to save a minute or two for you to tell people where they could learn more about your club and what you do is there a website specific to your club is there social media how can people find you
5: yeah so it's uh, anytime fitness nevada spelled like the state of nevada it's nevada um on instagram facebook and then uh yeah if you just go to anytime fitness nevada um you'll see see my stuff i've got virtual tours on on um youtube things like that so definitely a lot to see to see my space there
1: fantastic it's been awesome to to hear your perspective. I really appreciate your willingness to share and, and talk about both sides of the coin, what's gone well and, and where we're still fighting the good fight. So absolutely unfortunately we are out of time, but I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. All right. It was fun. Thank you so much. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business. Click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always,
0: until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexesbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com.